as this is our Christmas episode, we feel especially blessed to get to welcome Bishop Susan Brown Snook to the Faith to Go podcast. Welcome, Bishop Susan. I am so glad to be here, and I love Faith to Go. I love this as a ministry of the diocese, and I'm glad that uh, that this ministry exists, and I'm glad for everybody who's listening. And I want to say Merry Almost Christmas to you. Christmas, of course, is our day for celebrating that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The fact that Jesus came into the world as a tiny and vulnerable child away from home, about to become a refugee and flee into Egypt, with no room in the inn, who had to lie in a manger. That all tells us that Jesus came into the world to be in solidarity with all of us who suffer, with all of us who are human beings, with all of us who are vulnerable, who are grieving, who are concerned about our future, and all of us who desire the hope of God to be with us. God is with us in Jesus, Emmanuel. Merry Christmas, and may the hope of Christmas always shine in your hearts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And welcome, everybody, to uh, the gospel discussion for this week leading up to Christmas Day. Can't believe the it. The gospel for December 25th. Christmas is on a Sunday, so... You got to go to church on Christmas, I guess. I don't know. Right. It seems like that's the most likely day to have people go to Christmas Day services. And yet I uh, imagine most people are probably going to go on Christmas Eve. I would assume so. It's a good thing you're listening to this podcast because we're going to be talking about the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, Christmas Day. We're, there are three reading options. Charlotte was inspired today. Yes. To talk specifically about... I don't know if you guys have ever heard this one, John 1 through 14, we're going to talk about today, but there's a, there are options from the other gospels, the other Christmas stories Luke. that you might hear as you sit comfortably in your house uh, this Sunday, this coming Sunday morning. We hope you uh, enjoy this conversation about this gospel for this upcoming Sunday. But before we get to that, we have to share a God sighting. And by we, I mean you, Charlotte. <laughs> so Charlotte, do you have a... Uh, place that you saw or felt God past week yeah. or a place of total desolation where you just felt the just bereft of God's presence? No, I don't have one of those. Oh. I do have actually multiple God sightings because what I was thinking about oh. this week mm -hmm. um, was all of the ways in which community affects us and how community is one of those places where I always feel God's presence. Mm. And particularly this last week, we experienced the Good News Festival, and that was filled with more than a thousand people it, being in community there. But that wasn't the place that I felt God, believe mm. it or not, probably did. But it really was the relationship of the people that worked to put it together mm. for me. Mm -hmm. um, and all of the logistics that went into it that were lovingly executed and the bandwidth that people did not have and continued to expand in order to create it. Mm -hmm. And so that specifically was a God sighting for me. And 
it made me think about all of the individual churches and all of the work that they are currently doing to prepare to welcome people into their space for Christmas and how God moves through that. God moves through the sermons that are being prepared and the altar guild that is preparing spaces and the families who are at home rallying. Um, And as, David, you are a parent of young children, you know what it takes to get your children dressed, ready, and out the door to go to church. And sometimes it's not the most loving experience of anybody's life. And yet that is a place that I always see God moving because it takes all of us, that community relationship, in order to create worship, which is for sure, where I feel God moving in that space. Mm. So for me, my God sighting is any time I have been in community of late. Oh, there you go. All right. Thank you, Charlotte, mm-hmm. for sharing. And uh, we hope you all have had some God sightings in your communal experiences, or maybe individually as well. We would always love to hear from you. You can send us, uh, again, your God sightings, any of your you know stories or questions or comments from your week of faith discussion or reflection on this gospel Maybe something about your ministry context that is particularly uh, important you think you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. You can find all those ways of getting in contact with us listed in the description for this podcast episode. And now we are going to transition to our gospel discussion again for this upcoming Sunday, December 25th, which apparently this year is Christmas. Yes. So Christmas falls on the 25th. So nice. I'm just kidding. It's always on the 25th. Somebody one time did tell me they were like, you know, Epiphany is on the 6th of January this year. And I was like, yeah. Always is. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So we are going to be discussing these first verses of John's gospel, John 1, verses 1 through 14. Charlotte, I understand you're going to read it. Yes. And then I'll have some context. Mm-hmm. And then we'll each share a point. Take it away. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. All right. There we go. Um, So here we are in in the beginning of John's gospel. This is John's version of the Christmas story. We could also be listening to Matthew's version since it is Matthew's year and year A. Again, Charlotte's inspiration. So this is the third option for for Christmas. And um, this is an option every year for Christmas. So so maybe your church does this one every single year. It's a popular reading and it provides, you know, like just a whole different texture to to what we're thinking about on Christmas. There is no baby Jesus. There is the word. There is no uh, manger, but there is the beginning of creation. You know, so we're we're hearkening all the way back to the very, very, very beginning. 
uh, and thinking about how things have become and this, you know, just more kind of poetic way of thinking about Jesus's emergence into the world rather than the kind of narrative based ones of Matthew and Luke. So what happens right after this is John the Baptist shows up and then Jesus. So there's no baby, there's no manger, there's no wise people or shepherds or animals, except they're all kind of implied since all things came into being Mm -hmm. through the word. So there we are. Charlotte, you got the first point. I do. And David, I want to thank you for letting us do John today, because as I texted David this morning, because I woke up thinking about this reading, not realizing that it was one of the possible readings that we could have for today. And then when I opened up my laptop to prep for this episode, I was like, oh, well, that feels like maybe we should talk about it. Mm -hmm. So thanks for being game. What I was thinking about specifically was this part that comes at the beginning It's kind of a wild start to the gospel, right? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And it's, it's, again, no angels, no stable, none of those things, just the word. And then right after it, we have all things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. And I was thinking about what that means for us, and what that means is within us, because if nothing came into being without the word and that the word is in all things and through all things. Well, then the word is within us at all times. It is always living in us. We are always experiencing it and connected to it. And in this first paragraph of this gospel, what I love is this beautiful transition that happens right after that, where it talks about the life was the light of all people. And again, we're hearing this on Christmas Day, which, you know, now we've got the 12 days of Christmas. Spoiler alert, they come after Christmas, not before. Um, But immediately on the heels of that, then we enter into the season of Epiphany, which is the season of light. And I was wondering about that invitation then, if we think about the word living within us, the light being within us, of taking this 12 days of Christmas and choosing to think about how we nurture that light and how we share that light um, for like the full 12 days. Like what would that look like? Especially after, you know, maybe you had a quiet Advent. You definitely didn't if you worked at a church, but maybe you had a quiet Advent, but in all likelihood, there was a fair number of parties to go to, gifts to shop for, wrapping to happen, and maybe you jumped ahead out of the quiet into like the merry, merry of Christmas making. So now maybe instead your 12 days of Christmas could look like something different. They could look like that invitation to really consider what it looks like to be filled with the light and the word um, that was born at Christmas. And I was thinking about it because I was listening to my favorite Christmas album of all time. Um, And I would arguably say the best Christmas album of all time, which is John Denver and the Muppets. If you have not had it, I commend it to to you. And there are lots of gems in it, um, of which those of us that are part of the Faith to Go community love several of the songs in particular. But I was thinking about one of the more serious songs, um, which is a medley that is around um, Alfie the Christmas tree. And at the end of it, there's this chorus that repeats. And it's, it's in every one of us to be wise. Find your heart, open up both your eyes. We can all know everything without ever knowing why. It's in every one of us 
by and by. And I love that part about it's in every one of us, like look in your heart, open your eyes. But the part where it says without ever knowing why, that to me really connects back to this gospel that we're talking about today. Because if the word is within us, if that light is already within us, we don't have to understand any of that, how it happens, how it came into being. This is certainly a very mysterious beginning of the gospel Mm -hmm. that we have today, but we know it is there. And we know that that light is ours from God and that we are connected to God and the word and that we get to choose how we live it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I, I love that kind of invitation to holding the mystery, the, the uncertainty and um, the way that things just aren't, you know, they aren't, they are indeterminate, which I love. And that's, I think that's, that's what's sticking out to me today for my point as well is this, like this word, the, the light in the beginning, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. This word in Greek could also be translated as understood. Mm-hmm. So there is this, there's this just like the, the need to understand is, is actually not a, a requirement. It might be like our, an impulse, you know, to feel like safe and secure and understanding and knowing things. But there's nothing in here about like any kind of static, fixed reality, you know. All this is so, this whole thing, this whole kind of poem uh, to begin John's gospel is so amazing because it has, it has all this imagery about things like becoming, you know, and kind of unfinished and in process. And there is nothing like static about any of these things. And so I think there's, there's a few things to say. I mean, like the NRSV translates all of these pronouns as he, these all could be it or they, or whatever we want them to be. They're not, the word is not a he, the light is not a he. Jesus was a he, we think. So when the, when the word became flesh, maybe then it's a he, but up until that moment, it's this kind of, it doesn't have to be he. It's translated as he because that's how Greek works in terms of pronouns, but in terms of our English language, it doesn't have to be that. In the beginning was the word, and all things came into being through the word, and without the word, not one thing came into being. And the thing about things coming into being is that when a, as soon as a thing exists, it's never the same. It's always changing. There's like transformation and change built into existence. There's not a thing in the universe that is unflinching and unchanging. The amazing thing then is that this this light is also not unchanging because the light is like the light is the life. The life was the light of all people. Um, and the light shines in the darkness. The darkness did not overcome it. This light is something that is coming into the world, right? So that's another active verb. And then when the word becomes flesh, this like the idea that, that the word is taking on a body is, is a life itself. You know, life's, lives change. You know, like none of us are the same today, even as we were this morning when we woke up and we're listening to our Christmas albums. None of us are the same as we were yesterday and we're not going to be the same tomorrow as we are, as we are right now. And the amazing thing to me is that that seems to be implied as to be true of God as well and to be true of Jesus, to be true of the word, you know. So like even these foundational things, the kind of DNA of the universe are also becoming, we're all changing and growing. 
And that's what I, the other reason that I love so much this relational imagery that's always used for Jesus, for God, that like this whole thing ends with the glory of a father's only son. We could also say a parent's only child. The Greek is like a father's only begotten. This glory has this ever-changing, evolving texture, just as a relationship does between a parent and a child, which is at, at both times is like this kind of incredibly foundational relationship in the life of a parent and a person, their relationship with a parent, whether, you know, regardless of like what the status of that relationship is, maybe it's super strained, maybe it's really close, but like there is something so foundational to our identity about our relationship with our parent. And the thing is that like the idea that, that the glory of the word becoming flesh and living among us is the same as a father's only child is like this idea that it is always changing and evolving, that there is this incredible relational reality and texture to everything in the world. So that like even from the beginning, you know, there is a relationship between the word and God. They're both kind of one and they're in relationship with one another. And then all things are coming into being through them and all things are kind of in relationship with one another. And there's this relationship between light and darkness. So there's like this dynamic interplay of these seeming opposites, but that, you know, need one another. And then this life becomes a life and the word becomes a life. And so the word continues to change, you know, and is in relationship with people. The glory of that word is like a relationship. So it's just all this relational energy. And, and so my, so I'm struck by your point of like wondering and inviting people to think about how they can be this light in the world and kind of like your God sighting, like how we feel and see God in community. You know, it's like the way I think there's so much tied up in the, in the light of the world and it's not static, but it, it's like we only ever find it and see it and feel it when we're in relationship. And when we're in a relationship that has this like incredible depth of intimacy. And that's what I see, that's what I think of when I think of this relationship between a parent and a child is like this incredible breathtaking vulnerability and intimacy of that relationship. That it really is such a vulnerable experience to have a child. The, the feeling of like having this precious part of you just like out in the world that you like literally cannot protect from all the things of the world. It's such like a courageous and vulnerable act to love. I think this reading is saying like this is actually this really vulnerable and courageous way of loving is how we're invited to love all the things. I mean not every we're not going to have a like a parent child relationship with every person obviously. But like there is a depth to that kind of relationship that we're being invited to with, with, cre with all of creation. And in that we find grace and truth when we are willing to be open to the possibilities of those intimate relationships. So there's something beautiful in the kind of the interplay and all the dynamics of it and the invitation to mystery and uncertainty. And I think that's also something inherent in relationships when we're really being vulnerable and courageous in them. We just are opening ourselves up to the uncertain of the other people in our lives and the rest of creation. I think that's what it means to be for God to dwell in us is God's breathtaking vulnerability 
and Jesus's vulnerability that he showed in his life and, and hit that, the reflection that that shows us of, of God's vulnerability. So in the Christmas season, you know, what's, what would it, what would, what would it be like to have that kind of vulnerability practice to be, to be open to a depth of relationship with people, uh, where we will, you know, where this light will be revealed, you know, this new kind of life, this like flow of the universe, uh, through which all things came into being. Yeah. Well, and David, it's funny because right as you were getting ready to like wrap up your point there, the word that kept coming up for me was invitation to the uncertainty, which was exactly what you said, because I think that we are always searching for certainty. We feel like that's the expectation of ourselves and for others and for certainly for the world and definitely for God. (laughs) And so this invitation to be in the uncertainty together Maybe, maybe that would help us to live in a new way mm-hmm. of letting go of some of that expectation of certainty mm-hmm. and just being willing to walk in the uncertainty mm-hmm. together. Yeah, and I think maybe this is actually my point, which is that this glory is not this like overwhelming celebratory thing, but that there is that, that part of glory is this uncertainty. That like when we think of our relationships between a parent and a child, it is like this so much uncertainty. You just don't know what is going to happen in the world and in life. But there's something so glorious about that, like that it's scary and incredible. And there's something scary and incredible about glory. It's not all just wonderful, happy feelings. Like glory is terrifying. And, and so how can we live how can we live into that kind of discomfort of uncertainty knowing that that's where we're ultimately going to find the kind of glory that we're looking for those are our two points point number one was charlotte's thinking about this invitation this christmas season again the 12 days after christmas to think about how we want to embody this light let this light shine in our lives and and like john you know witness and testify to the light And then mine was about this glory and kind of the texture of glory as including both, you know, joy and uncertainty, happiness and, and fear. (laughs) And like that, that is, um, grace and truth, you know, just not knowing what will come and the beauty and the mystery of the unknown. So having heard those two points, we'd love to hear what your third point would have been. If you'd been a guest on the podcast this week, we'd also love to hear from you about yours. Any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection or any of your God sightings or anything about your ministry context. You can find all those ways of getting in contact with us listed in the description for this podcast episode. We will be back next week to talk about the first Sunday after Christmas. And Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. We're looking at Christmas lights right now. We're feeling very festive, Mm -hmm. and we hope you are too. We hope you have a joyful Christmas and one filled with with light. And until next time, we say goodbye. Goodbye, Goodbye, everybody. everybody.